Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast Show. This is your host, Adam Force. And if you missed last week's episode, it was with Cassie Parks, who talks about money stories. This is all about your money mindset, the blocks that people have, and how she helps people overcome those blocks. She even has a program, $10,000 in 90 days, and she says she's blowing that number away. Some really interesting conversation and very important um, you know, insights to understand about the money mindset. So if you missed that jump over to listen to the interview with Cassie Parks. Today, we're going to be talking to Dan Doyle. He's the chief evangelist for fundraising report card. And basically, it's an analytics and reporting tool for nonprofits provided by Market Smart. And so, fundraising report card was actually developed with one very specific goal in mind, and that is to help nonprofits raise more money efficiently. So we're going to talk to Dan about all the ins and outs and how it actually does that and what value it brings to, you know, people in different levels of their business, startups versus larger nonprofits. And so you can see where you fit in for anybody listening right now that has a nonprofit or is thinking about a nonprofit. This metrics, uh, these metrics and this type of data is very, very important uh, when you're trying to grow a nonprofit. So uh, yeah, this will be helpful information for you guys to hear what Dan has to say about that. Um, another update is just if you haven't stopped by the website in a while, guys, changecreator.com, we do have a new pro, a free report. I was going to say program, free report, and it is called um, Three Skills Every Entrepreneur Must Have to Grow and Impact Business. And these are three things that are just really important to focus on. So if you're feeling confused, you don't know where to put your energy and your time, these are three things where you should really be putting your time and energy to start developing and growing uh, your business, okay? So this is going to be helpful for you as a self-development opportunity, a business growth opportunity, um, and there's really good insights. And we'd love to hear your feedback on it. So, you know, if you download that, if you're not already, get into our Facebook group, Storytelling Strategies to Grow Your Impact Business, and we want to hear from you. What is the key insights? What questions do you have? We have an amazing community, and it's growing, and it's very, very engaged. So we'd love for you to be part of that community. So find us on Facebook, guys. This is where we hang out. This is where we do a lot of cool stuff. All right, we're going to jump into this conversation with Dan Doyle. Thank you all for being here, and I hope you enjoy this. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Dan, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic out here in lovely San Francisco. Thanks. San Fran. Yes. Um, You know, I've only been to San Francisco three times in my life. And this past time I went was for the SOCAP conference. I don't know if you've ever been there. No, I haven't. It sounds good, though. We have a lot of conferences. Yeah, here. it's a big one for impact investing and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do know what you're talking about. Yep. 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 And, you know, it's funny because when we first went to our first time out to that conference a couple of years ago, we went out there because we were kind of at the time looking at, you know, to talk with investors and stuff like that. And it happened that Muhammad Yunus was down the street doing another event at the Commonwealth Club. 
Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So we were like, oh man, wow. And totally, you know, yeah, just as random. So we, uh, you know, we called ourselves, hey, we're a media company. Tickets were sold out. It was like 200 bucks a head. And yeah. um, they let us in. And we and that's how we ended up getting him on the cover of our magazine. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where like, if you're not getting out there, um, you never know what opportunities might just pop in front of you, right? True, true. So, Dan, tell us, you're doing some really interesting stuff uh, with fundraising uh, report card and, um, you know, just in the nonprofit space and all that kind of stuff. So tell, tell me what you have going on these days. Like, what's, what's the latest, what's the greatest, and then we'll, um, we'll build up to it after that. Sure, yeah. Well, um, absolutely. Fundraising report card has been around for a couple of years now. And so the latest and greatest is we've got over 4,000 nonprofit clients. Uh, so that's an amazing uh, deal. Uh, and we've got a growing number of consultants as clients. So uh, philanthropic uh, nonprofit fundraising uh, consultants use the tool set too. So we've, we've got a great growth in the number of clients, both on the nonprofit side and the consultant side. And uh, we have a wonderful free version that a lot of smaller nonprofits, small and mid-sized nonprofits are able to use. And then we have a bunch of paid subscriptions. So it's yeah. really, I, I kind of say it's democratizing analysis. It's making it, it's something that's at people's fingertips where it didn't used to be and they'd have to pay a pretty hefty fee to get this stuff done. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. So, um, uh, before actually, I, I have so many questions I want to get into, but let me just get okay. the back. <laughs> so then we get to the background for people just so they know, um, it, what was the reason you decided that this was necessary? Like what led you to fundraising report card and, you know, putting this, this business idea itself together? Cause it, it looks like, you know, on the surface, it's like, oh, that's complicated, right? There's a ton of just like technology behind this and all that. So it's always interesting to hear how these stories blossomed. Yeah, actually, the story predates me, so I'll, but I'll give it to you, which was what excited me about joining the team this, this last year as, as the chief evangelist here. So it was actually started by a little group of folks at a company called iMarketSmart. MarketSmart specializes really in helping nonprofits around the country um, build their major giving and uh, 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 legacy giving uh, pipeline. Uh, and what they thought is and what they saw with all of their clients is they were struggling to analyze their programs. Um, they had lots and lots of reports with, you know, columns and rows of numbers and reams and reams of paper, but they didn't have any tools at their disposal that allowed them to visualize, you know, key dashboards and KPIs to help mm -hmm. them understand and analyze their fundraising program. So uh, Greg Warner, the founder of Market Smart and Zach Shevska, the COO there, decided on a whim that they would actually build this tool that would help nonprofits analyze their fundraising programs. And uh, so the great thing is that there's all these tools are out there and available. Just no one had been really putting them together. And so uh, they, with another team of uh, coders and programmers at MarketSmart, built out fundraising report card and kind of built all of the key dashboards and KPIs that nonprofits need and rely on. And, and it was really just an opportunity to hopefully help nonprofits, you know, raise more money by understanding their programs better, yeah. just kind of filling the deficit that existed. And, you know, with over 4,000 clients now, I, I think it's proven that there was a huge deficit. You know, the CRMs just don't offer the tools that we do. So it's been a real great thing for nonprofits. Yeah. I mean, and, and what kind of 
data? What, what kind of like what are what are these nonprofits getting from the platform exactly? Oh my gosh, they get you know it, they, they get almost everything on the kitchen sink with it. Uh, <laughs> so which is we sort of give away the store. Um, so the they, they, the kind of dashboards they get is growth dashboards, so they can look at things like their revenue and donor growth year over year, quarter over quarter, month over month. They get retention dashboards so they can look at the retention by loyalty, first-time donors, repeat donors. They get lifetime value, which I remember. I used to own my own fundraising agency. And, you know, you pay a hefty price to an agency to build out lifetime value of your acquired donors. And just because the technology is so easy to leverage these days, uh, clients can access lifetime value customized to them based upon the information they send, um, upgrade, downgrade reports. I mean, there's just a whole slew of dashboards. And then we've got 12 KPIs, which are sort of single snapshots uh, that they can use to understand their program. And can you customize like what metrics maybe are most important to you? So I want to put ourselves in the mindset of some of the early phase nonprofits who are in our audience and probably listening right now. So they're thinking, wow, this sounds amazing. Um, you know, there's a, there's also data overwhelm, right? And so yeah. I'm curious how much control you have and if there's some really key metrics that people, especially in the early phases, uh, focus on. Yeah, so the nice thing I like about it and why I joined was, you know, we got 36 dashboards and 12 KPIs. And I guarantee that within the, having been in the business for 30 years doing fundraising consulting and running fundraising programs, small and large, I guarantee you the metrics that you need to assess the strategies and develop tactics are within that toolkit, right? Okay. So you can pick, you know, and depending on the life stage, you're, you're absolutely right. If you're a new organization, you're probably going to focus on growth. Uh, and are you growing year over year? Um, if you're a mature organization, you're probably focused on upgrades and downgrades and donor retention. So, you know, there's a just within all of those, it kind of matches up with wherever an organization is in its life stage. And frankly, also with consultants who consult with clients, they can access all of the tools to based upon whatever client they have and wherever they are, whatever strategy. So I think for me, that's one of the benefits of it is we, you don't have to create anything new. It's all sitting out there. You just need to decide. And I do a lot of uh, demos and webinars with new clients. Yeah. And it's great to see them You know, ask all the important questions. You know, great analysis leads to more questions. And they ask all the great questions they should be asking themselves internally. But now they're asking it informed by the actual data. Yeah, yeah, which makes a huge difference, obviously. Huge, yeah, <clears throat> huge. Um, is there any, um, I guess, future vision for expanding this type of dashboard and metric uh, insight for the for-profit space? Um, no, we're pretty much focused only on nonprofits and consultants who work with nonprofits, and that's our target audience. You know, they're, and the reason being is, you know, uh, for-profit companies have. Um, different analytic needs yeah. uh, they have uh, different uh, 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 funds that are available to them and so what we found was one where we're an organization a company steeped in fundraising and helping nonprofits. so that's sort of where we do our best and we shine um, and they're kind of the organizations that needed the most help you know we find our typical new client signs up for a free version uh, and they have zero analysis they don't have an analytic staff person they've got a fundraising executive who wears multiple hats you know they open the door in the morning sort the mail do the fundraising you know make the you know they're doing everything uh they don't have money for an agency you know they certainly can't afford 
business intelligence tools like for-profit companies can. So a free version just immediately is, you know, up and running for them within a minute. And so that was that kind of is an interesting segue to um, fulfill a curiosity I have, which is around your growth. Um, you said you've how many years did it take now to get to your four thousand? Have, have this been going on? Uh, it's kind of started in about seven, 2017, you know, end of sixteen, early seventeen is when folks were really hearing about the tools. So just a couple of years. Okay. What were some of the more um, I guess, what were the biggest contributing factors towards the growth at this point? I think it was just folks finally hearing word of mouth that there was an easy tool available for mm-hmm. them to do analysis. They, <laughs> you know, all those people who just had been suffering without having it. Because, you know, I know I've consulted with a lot of regional and small groups, and they just don't have the money to bring in analytic tools or even hire an analyst or anything like that. And all of a sudden they had that for, you know, 30 bucks a month. Yeah. 50 bucks a month, yeah. you know, or free or free if they wanted the free version. So I think just plain old word of mouth and people saying, hey, there's uh, there's a tool out there that's super affordable and all you have in a super simple and yet gives you really deep analysis. So it's simple analysis, yeah, deep analysis and, yeah, <laughs> and affordable. And it sounded like you were you said you're doing webinars and trainings and you're you're out oh, yeah. meeting people in person. So just yeah. all of those things, I guess, are contributing towards helping people, because I feel like sometimes while this stuff can sound exciting, people are always looking for the catch. Right. It's like, well, I, it's like you got to like commit yourself to exploring something new, learning a new product and all that kind of stuff. So I was curious about that onboarding, if there was challenges and stuff. You know, there really isn't. There's the 99.9% of the problems uh, that a client might have are getting data off of their CRM that has nothing to do with us, right? So if if they can get a three-column CSV or Excel file off of their database, they can upload it and use our tools. They're incredibly intuitive. And when I do demos, it, you know, I spend a half hour, but they only need about five to 10 minutes to kind of get the system and yeah, maneuver yeah. it pretty quickly. It's all super intuitive. The navigation's great. You know, I always tell clients, if you can't get a three-column CSV or Excel file off of your database, you have bigger problems than analysis at that point. So uh, if they can get it off, they literally drag and drop upload and within a minute, they have all their dashboards at their fingertips. So it's, you know, it's not that hard. Yeah. Have you noticed that when you're presenting or doing the demos and stuff like that, there is certain aspects of the program that people, you know, their eyes kind of light up? Well, yeah, because for most of them, it's the first time they've actually seen their numbers visualized. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, And I, you know, I always tell people, you know, a lot of our clients, I say so many folks are visual learners, you know, like 60% of the population is visual learners. And I think, frankly, fundraisers are even more uh, visual learners. And so for so many of these people, it's just an eye awakening moment that all of a sudden they're seeing things visualized so they can see growth, they can see decreases, they can see problems and retention just visually right in front of them. You know, it always kind of goes back to some of the fundamental questions about nonprofits and fundraising, which is where my where are the red flags, where am I not doing well? And you know, then they start asking, well, how can we do this better? What did we do wrong? And then where are we shining and how can we replicate that? Right, right. And how big is your team now? 
Well, there's a whole team at Market Smart, but there's about four of us completely dedicated to fundraising report card coders, myself and, and others there. Um, we're kind of all virtual, so we don't do a lot of in-person meetings. It's all by webinar and virtual meetings, so it's really cool. We can meet anyway. Actually, we've got clients all around the world. We've, I was talking with someone in Australia the other day. We have clients in uh, Switzerland that we're logging in and the UK, so we've got clients everywhere. So that's interesting. And so people, um, and I just find this to be super valuable. So I'm just kind of digging into it with you for the sake of, you know, anybody listening in the nonprofit world. Uh, And you guys can obviously go and explore the platform. It sounds like anybody right now listening that wants to can go sign up for a free uh, plan. Is that correct? Yeah, the free plan is available. They just go to fundraisingreportcard.com. And uh, there's a lot of green boxes that say sign me up. It's pretty easy. You sign up if all you need is a email uh, address and a password and you're up and running and uh the 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 only limitation is that we for free versions it's only five thousand records or fewer so that meets the needs of most of the smallest nonprofits around the world uh and then there are some dashboards that you don't get some of the high-powered dashboards they don't they're limited to yeah and um so like do you have to meet certain requirements like do you have to have a certain like where does the data i guess i'm trying to understand where the data is coming from um yeah so like is it pulling because i know there's been some platforms in the nonprofit space where like it's like oh you have all these different areas where you're you're you have data but how do you see it all in one place um can you share a little insight on how that back end works for people yeah, sure. So usually the, the typical uh, relationship is our client already has a CRM tool for their fundraising program. Yeah. So whether they're on Neon CRM, Salesforce, Little Green Light, Razor's Edge, whatever it is, they have that. Um, and then what they are able to do on their end is develop the criteria for people they want to analyze, export those donors off of their CRM tool, and then upload them just three columns of data. We just need a unique ID a gift date and a gift amount. That's all we need. We don't want four. We don't want two. We want three. You know, mm-hmm. unique ID. <laughs> no more, no less. Uh, and then they upload them and they're up and running. And usually clients upload the largest kind of data master file they can find on their clients. And then once they upload the largest, they then start saying, oh, I want to only look at individuals. I don't want estate gifts and bequests to be included because yeah. they skew things. Oh, I don't want um, monthly donors to be included because they have a different look and feel. I want to upload them separately. So the beauty of it is I always find is they upload a big file and then they start getting into the data and start parsing out their program. Okay. That's pretty cool. So, and we're platform agnostic. So, you know, I really couldn't care what platform they're on. As long as they can get a file off of it, they could be up and running. But typically they would already have a CRM where they have a, 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 a database that's at least starting to build. Most of the clients do. We, we do have clients who have files, smallest, you know, local clients who everything's just sitting on an Excel spreadsheet. So, yeah. um, you know, so we have the, the whole gamut. We have clients who don't even have a fundraising CRM, but they have everything on QuickBooks or something and uh, they can still use the tools. Interesting. Okay. So, and, and, and I guess um, are people, a lot of the uh, clients that you work with, is this for um, like, I guess, can you tie, like, tie it together um, for me to show, I go in here, I upload this information, and 
how then does it help with their their fundraising efforts? Because so, I'm sure they're all running like multiple campaigns a year, or is it usually for yeah. an evergreen campaign, or is it like a launch? Like, how do they? I'm j- I just want to understand that like uh, sequence, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. No. So what would what we would hope a typical client would do is they'd upload their file, yeah. and at least on an annual basis, they are looking at their data and doing a fundraising assessment. So they're looking at growth and dollars and donors. They're looking at retention rates and if that's increasing or decreasing. So it's a multi-year analysis. So they can look back five years, let's say. They can look back as far as they have data, but let's say they look back five years. They can see if their retention rate is improving or decreasing. If it's decreasing, what loyalty level is it decreasing? Uh, What strategies and tactics do we need to develop? So it helps get clients into the sort of analytic loop. uh, And so they're constantly evaluating. Um, We then like to drive our clients from moving from an annual assessment to a semi-annual and then hopefully that the best use of it is quarterly. People are looking at their programs on a quarterly basis and assessing their their tactics against the strategies they've developed. Right. Interesting. And and you could see in the data, does it show... um, I guess over time, as you do these things, it, it shows tactically like what what's working and what's not, or is it just showing loyalty of certain channels of donation? You know, it shows fundraising success or failure, and so what then has to happen is the professional fundraisers on the team, whether it's a consultant or the organization itself, what they need to do is then assess what strategies they put in place. So if they had a problem in oh. 2017, they need to ask themselves, well, what strategies do we have in play? what tactic did we have in play last year that caused retention to go down, right? Got it. So someone, so you, you really still do need a fundraising professional at the helm. <laughs> we can't replace that yet. Yeah, yeah, I got there's it. No, there's no robots doing that work. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay, so you got all this data. You could see uh, your, your growth and donations. And then based on the trends, you would look at, okay, well, then here's the campaigns that we ran. Obviously, we can... We can align like if this, you know, shows the uptrend or a downtrend. Absolutely. You know, the, one of the demos I do is with one of our mid-sized clients. I have their their data uploaded, and there was a year in which they lost their major giving officer, and so for about eight months they didn't have a major giving officer, and it just shows dramatically in their trends. You can see the year where they lost the major giving officer, and wow, for a while, oh, we can just kind of scoot along without one, and the, clearly the evidence is no, you cannot. You can't raise major <laughs> gifts without a major giving officer, and it's it's a uh, it's it's all right there for them to see, and you know other things uh, show up too. So, for example, if a client, you know, a nonprofit has a very poor new donor welcome series, it'll show in lower first-time retention rates. And, um, you know, if they improve that, we have case studies where they see that data and then they implement a tactic like a new donor welcome series that's actually thoughtful. They can see their rates increase in, in the coming years. Got it. Got it. Hmm, interesting. And what was the role that you mentioned that they removed and noticed a big difference? What was that title? It was a major giving officer. So that's the per- it was actually the staff member who was responsible for raising gifts at 5000 or above for that group. And the person moved on to another organization and they struggled to hire someone. And they ended up not having someone for about eight months. 
And when you look at giving at the 5,000 above level, it just disappeared. So how is that translated? And sorry, like I'm super not in the nonprofit world. So that's why when I hear <laughs> titles like that, I'm like, say what? <laughs> um, but so that translates though, just by seeing the numbers, like you would have, that's not, you don't see in the system, the, the, the changes of like losing a, someone like of your personnel, you just see the, tr- the flows and trends of donations and growth. And if you see a big dip, you would say, oh, well, that was during the time that we lost our uh, major giving officer. You bet. Yeah, it's it's black and white. Well, it's in color, but it's <laughs> it's in it's in it's in black and white. Yeah. Uh, and and that's part of the beauty of data visualization and part of the beauty of sharing this with so many nonprofits around the country, around the world. Frankly, is now that they now they can actually see this stuff. And when you see a big dip. They almost always will know the answer. Oh, we converted our database. We moved, you know, we did a database conversion and we lost a lot of records, or we lost a major giving officer, or we canceled an event, or you name it. Um, they almost always have the answers to why things improved or uh, did not improve. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, and it looks like you guys have a nice visual design um, as well, which is always yeah. helpful. Uh, and I'm just looking at your your website, and um, yeah, I mean, so it sounds it sounds like you helped to really organize data, give it a visual representation, so you can understand it more clearly and make decisions that are smarter. Yeah, that's that's it. It's really a tool that helps fundraisers do better and raise more money. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. And I, and I know that that can be a challenging part of nonprofits is raising that money. I mean, that's like, you know, it's, it's an ongoing one way or the other nonprofit or for profit. You're, you're, you're always fighting to get your next, uh, round of dollars. <laughs> well, absolutely. And there's an old saying in fundraising, no money, no mission. You know, if you don't have money, all the good intentions in, in the world will get you nowhere in helping your cause. So you've, you've got to actually have money in the door. And so fundraising a critical uh, it's the engine that keeps the organization focused on mission. So we're playing a little part in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it sounds like you have, you know, and just reading your your resume and stuff, it sounds like you have a lot of uh, background and incredible experience in the nonprofit space. So just thinking of our, you know, um, early phase nonprofit entrepreneurs, um, any advice from your experience um, that you might have on the fundraising, um, you know, front it, it all starts with investment uh and so some of the things i know having been consulting with nonprofits for god almost 30 years now is that um we can often be investment shy um and they uh, nonprofits that are small and starting can see that as losses of money where it's really an investment in the future of the program so have an investment mentality um and i think that's a key uh, factor to uh kind of start up nonprofits is really having an investment mentality and then be willing to try things that are new and different. We find you know, as organizations grow beyond the sort of startup phase, they get lulled into the same old, same old. So we'll just do what we did last year. We'll just do what we did last year. You know, they keep going back to that yeah. well. And so I challenge people, yes, you need to go back to what you know worked, but you need to keep in within your toolkit, new and different things that you haven't tried sort of experimenting. So I think those organizations that will be most successful are uh, enjoy investing and are not shy yeah. and are willing to try new and different things and, and assess the risk. You know, yeah. Not, yeah. Be, yeah. Calculated Within, risk. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, you say investment, you mean to get investment from people or to be willing to invest in what you're doing? Willing to invest to yeah. find new donors to support the organization. Yeah. And uh, that's the, you know, the all my years of fundraising, that was the number one uh, restraint, uh, constraint on the organization was how much they were willing to invest. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I think that you have to have an investment mentality. Interesting. Um, and any, I guess, you know, as you in the donor, in the world of like finding donors and stuff, um, where does a nonprofit even begin to start finding a donor? Oh my gosh, there's so many different channels, you know, you know, the tried and true way is they do direct response to find low dollar donors, whether it's digital marketing and, uh, or direct mail, uh, marketing. And so they find 15, 30, donors and then grow them up the pipeline to become mid-market donors and major donors. So there's the, the, that's a channel that has been around for ages. Um, A lot of organizations use events as a, as a way to find new donors. So whether it's a black tie event, special event, or a challenge event, a bike-a-thon, walk-a-thon, you know, so that, that's another avenue they use to find new donors. Sure. Um, Interesting. Okay. Well, I want to make sure we have a minute here just to let people know where they can find um, the fundraising report card. So I think it's just fundraisingreportcard.com, right? Yeah, it couldn't be easier. It could not be easier. <laughs> um, if, you, if you can type and you have a, a browser open, you can find us at fundraisingreportcard.com. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a good piece of software, and I was interested in talking about it because I think there's a lot of value. And, and you know, the more that we grow change yeah. creator and stuff like that, we know, wow, like you really do need to see what your data is doing. And the more clarity you have Absolutely. around that, um, yeah, it's worth the investment of your time and energy because it, it, it really accelerates your growth when you have that clarity. Yeah, knowledge is a pretty important thing, and in fundraising, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Awesome, awesome. Well, I really do uh, appreciate your time, uh, Dan. And um, well, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll keep up the good work in supporting the nonprofit world. And, uh, guys, you can check out um, their awesome software, and hopefully it's something that will help you grow your fundraising. Thanks so much. You got it. Take care. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. 